0: Welcome to Grails, a podcast by Alton Insights. My name is John Tunger, and on today's episode, we are diving headfirst into digital collectibles, the metaverse, and we're talking with one of the industry's biggest experts, Drew Austin, who founded Redbeard Ventures, a venture capital syndicate that's investing heavily into the infrastructure and different projects in the NFT space, but he's also putting his own money where his mouth is. He recently bought a $50,000 digital horse. He even drops some breaking news at near the end of the episode where he talks about a digital asset that he's bringing to a fractional marketplace coming your way very soon. And just all around, he's an extremely interesting guy. For example, two months ago, he sold his own company, which then the company that he sold it to got acquired by another public company. So we're talking to a true whale here who's looking to invest in the metaverse. So let's start this episode off hearing how he first got into digital assets, collecting these things, an episode with Drew Austin, founder and managing partner of Redbeard Ventures. Let's get started.
1: I've been into collecting things since I was literally since I could remember. I've collected basketball cards, wrestling figures, autographs, memorabilia, action figures. I mean, you name it. I have a, and I still have a pretty robust like collection of all those types of things. So, collecting has kind of come natural to me. Uh, when I first yeah. heard about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto, um, I started investing in Bitcoin around 2013. And when I started to like understand and read into the blockchain, I got really excited about the concept of digital collectibles and scarcity and like basically a certificate of authenticity for digital assets. So that concept mm. immediately was something I kept a lookout for. And then it was about five years later I found um, I, I came across Super Rare, because um, I was always keeping a lookout for these types of things. And Super Rare was a crypto art marketplace. Um, and that was like the beginning of my journey into NFTs. I ended up buying my first NFTs on SuperRare, and then through my venture fund, that I, venture syndicate that we started um, about eleven months ago, we ended up making SuperRare the first investment out of the fund.
0: There's just so much awesome stuff to talk about. But before we do, for listeners who might be new to the NFT world, we talked about it when Grails first started. Mm-hmm. But give us a one-on-one level understanding of NFTs as collectibles. What are these things?
1: They're basically digital assets that are tokenized on the blockchain to be able to create transparency into how many of an item have been produced. And once it's on the blockchain, it's immutable, which means you can't change it. So for example, if you're a basketball card collector, you know, when we were kids, they made millions of basketball cards and we had no idea how many they ever printed. Nowadays, you know exactly how many printed, you know who owned it beforehand. Um, there, you know the market for them because it's, you know, there's public trading and all of that kind of stuff. So um, what I got so excited about in this whole entire concept was just this, the, the idea that we can start to create limited edition goods out of digital content. And that was, I think that's really the most powerful idea. And then from there, I mean, you can really open that up to anything on the internet.
0: So you start Redbeard Ventures, right? Mm -hmm. With you and some other people, the syndicate, and you are now going into the space, investing into different platforms or projects that are building in the space. And you said just now the super rares was one of the first ones that you started, that you invested in. And what are some of these other investments that you guys are making
1: towards seeing the space develop? Even before before, um, Redbeard launched, I was really active in the the NFT market. So I first started with art. That was where I began. Where I made my first real big splash was NBA Top Shot. I mean, it just, it made perfect sense to me. Um, The idea that I can... Um, you know, it was really, it was one of like, I've had a few moments when it came to NFTs that have been these like memorable transformative experiences. The first time I, uh, I acquired a piece of art on Super Air, and I felt that level of ownership and I couldn't wait to show it to people. And I was like proud of it. The fact that that ownership feeling was transferable was a really powerful moment for me. The second moment was when I opened my first NBA Top Shot pack. Um, I opened a pack. I couldn't wait to see what I got. I was excited about, you know, trying to get the John Morant rookie or the Zion rookie, and every inch of the experience was just so. It brought me back to my childhood when I was like a big basketball part, um, card collector. So, you know, the fact that these 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 feelings were so transferable, but there was no friction if i wanted to sell the card i could press two buttons and it was sold yeah. i didn't have to go to a store i didn't have to mail it i didn't have to package it i didn't have to go ship it all of that stuff so to me that was the second major experience for me and then the third was when i raced my when i won my first race um in horse in z run which is a crypto horse racing game which i'll talk about in a little bit but um yeah nba top shot was my second my was my real first big splash i mean i put I went heavily into it very early on, from like the August to January, February. That was a portfolio that I probably put in about fifty grand, and it ended up at one point, at its peak, was about four million dollars worth of cards. So it was yeah. a pretty, it was a pretty powerful, um, it was a wild run. It's obviously taken a, a substantial, you know, drop back, but I'm still very, very bullish, and I hold most of the collection to that.
0: So we see these different projects, right? You, you just mentioned a couple that we want to talk about. TopShot, you've got Zed Run. Um, I mean, there's, you know, Bored Apes, right? Of yep. these avatars that we see on Twitter. There's so many of these different projects for people who are just getting in. Talk about maybe like your investing thesis and how they can actually think about the space, what is valuable, that kind of thing for, for brand new people to NFTs.
1: Yeah, so I mean, from, personally, I try to take a little bit of like a venture capital Few to the NFT landscape, and I and I the way I think about it is like in five to ten years, when we start looking back at how this digital transformation, this Web three transformation, um, took place what are going to be those monumental projects or people that really transformed the industry and really took it to to new heights? And I think like when you think about that, there's going to be artists like hakatau Fuocious, Mad Dog Jones, that are just native Web3, top-tier artists, people of course, etc. Then you're going to look at NBA Top Shot for sure. I mean, NBA Top Shot, to me, is one of the most important projects we've seen in NFTs. It was really what brought... This, um, it kind of took the NFT market and brought it to the mainstream. I mean, a half a million, it went from like 5,000 to 500,000 users in weeks. It was wild, it was a wild ride. Yeah, I um, mean, it's still going, and it's just, it's, it's a really, um, it's an exciting thing to see. And then, you know, there's, you know, uh, so I look at that. Uh, I look at that. I think Zed Run is the first one that's really t- turned and turned the feeling of ownership in a game. Um, and the assets of that game into real valuable assets and have kind of taken a, a physical sport and actually turned it into the first digital sport of the metaverse. So to me, that is also going to be one of those things that stand the test of time. And I think Bored Ape's will as well. I think Bored Ape has kind of demonstrated that these avatar projects can build communities around them at levels that we haven't seen before. So, you know, outside, and then CryptoPunks. I think CryptoPunks is the, um, it's the OG. There's only two types of people that own, um, a crypto punk, and it's OG original collectors or whale collectors that have bought in recently. So you start to look at these, like these, um, like these these NFT projects that really come with a narrative and a story and a community and and you could tell that they're part of building this foundation that we're building upon. Um, you know, ninety eight percent of the projects will probably go to zero or you know something like it, but the two percent will that stand the test of time will become some of the most valuable assets in this alternative asset sector, which I think you know, is probably going to be the biggest movement of our, of our lifetime is really, I mean, in our, in our investing lifetime is how we're all going to become alternative asset investors. Everybody's Mm -hmm. becoming an alternative asset. We moved from the customer economy to the subscriber economy, and now we're moving into the shareholder economy. And in the shareholder Mm -hmm. economy, we all get to get skin in the game on the brands and projects and products that we, that we support and participate in and should be able to return an investment on those things. So that's what I kind of see happening now.
0: So from those projects that you were just talking about, if I want to get in and I'm not looking talking fractionally, just go yeah. right now and get my hands on my first ever NFT. What's a project? Not formal financial advice, but what is uh, maybe a project or two that you'd be like, hey, I love where this is going right now.
1: I mean, I would, I'd get a Genesis Zed Run horse for sure. Um, I mm-hmm. definitely, definitely would. Genesis Zed Run horses are. Very scarce. They're limited edition. They're low in supply, um, and uh, they're the ones that own the breeding bloodlines of the of the game. So um, there's only going to be about thirty thirty eight thousand um, Genesis horses um, that'll ever released, and then the rest of the horses will be made from breeding. Um, so I, I think a Genesis unraced, unbred. Um, you know, ideally, one of the, the if you have the budget for it, a Z one through a Z four or Z five, I think, are the the most valuable. But um, you know, I, I think any gen, any genesis horse is going to retain and grow in value over time.
0: Okay. Well, you've been making moves in the Z run space, so not only investor in the company, you recently just spent uh, about twenty. I put twenty one Ethereum yeah. right on, yeah. on, so that's around fifty thousand dollars on a horse. And so, okay, explain Zed Run once again, yeah. 101 level here. And then and then I want to hear about how you even got into the round with people like, you know, A16 and Churnin yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Zed 101, what's that first thing?
1: Totally been a cool journey. Um, so, so first of all, so Zed Run is a global digital horse racing game um, on the blockchain. All horses are NFTs. Um, every horse has its own attribute profile, its own DNA profile, if you will. Um, there are different, like like different um, tiers of horses, I would say, is how you describe them. So there's there's you know there's a Z1 through 10, which are the genesis level horses. Z1s are the most likely to have um, quality breeding, like the highest mm-hmm. potential good racing horses. So those are the most valuable. On a drop now, those go for anywhere but around thirty-six thousand to forty thousand dollars. It's like a wow. Z1 Genesis horse. There'll only be one thousand of them ever made. Um, and then it goes like from the, the G1 Z1s and twos are called Nakamotos, threes and fours are called Zabos. Five, six, and sevens are called finnies and eight, nines, and tens are called buterins. So those are the bloodlines of the horses. Um, and then the the, the game—it's—it's it's a very cool concept. I mean, like you're you're basically able to put your horses into races, and and you try to figure out what distances they're best at as quickly as you can to get them to become a a good performing racer. Um, every race you enter, you know, almost every race you enter is a, a pay-to-play race. So you put in, you know anywhere between $2 to $5, for $500 to enter a race. You could win anything between $25 to $5,000. And I believe it'll be more in the future as sponsors enter into the play. Into play. So, wow. you know, if you get a good horse, that's a, a good racer. You know, people want to breed with it. They'll pay you to breed with it, or you can create more horses that you can sell on the market. Um, and there's a whole economy. There's a whole play-to-earn economy built around this Zed Run ecosystem. Uh, and, uh, it's just been a, it's been a wild, wild thing to see develop and really take hold. To me, it's the most well built out, um, blockchain game, game and ecosystem that I've seen so far.
0: Right. Well, and, and I can own this asset, this horse, and I can even make like passive income on this thing. If um, I go and I breed cause I have a quality horse and you know, yeah. I've heard you can make up to. Thousand bucks plus a month just passively. We're not really oh, even doing I'd anything.
1: Say, I'd say more than that. I mean, I have a Z1 that I put into breeding. Um, I woke up the next day. I made four thousand dollars in one night just from breeding the horse because people wanted to breed, <laughs> wanted to breed with that horse. It was pretty wild. It's it's wild to do, to see that. And then there's some horses that like I have a good. I have a Z9 horse that only cost me two hundred dollars. It was a super cheap horse. Um, and it's now has a nineteen percent win rate, which is very high. Um, it's a profit profitable racing horse. And it's probably, I could sell it for, you know, anywhere between five and 10 K just because of how good of a quality horse it is. So, wow. you know, it's a, you know, the value and the opportunity, if you get a good race horse, uh, a good horse is just, you know, there's a lot of demand for them right now. Um, and I think it'll sustain. I think this is the kind of thing that we'll see continue to grow in interest and will become one of the first major sports of the metaverse.
0: So, and you're, you like live in this, but I think for yeah. a lot of people listening, this is some of the most galaxy brain Thing that they've ever heard right yeah. it's like all our parents told us we couldn't make money playing video games and all of a sudden we're quite literally making money playing video games mm-hmm. and lots of it yep. um okay so you were early on in this yep. and you are were actually uh you know help fund zed run with some really big names in the venture capital yep. world how did you get in the mix there because you know a16 Churnin, yep.
1: yeah so big player yeah it was actually you know it was a, it was a it was something that i actually came across myself um and i found zed run was very small when i found it there was maybe like maybe 500 people that were active in the discord um and it was uh it was i found out about it years back and um i paid attention to it but not much um because it was uh originally they were, they took an investment from a company called unicorn which is a crypto gaming company um, which we shared an investor uh, unicorn in ourselves. In my last company, I've been an operator most of my life. I just I actually just sold my company two months ago. So I I actually you know I found out about the company a long time ago. I followed it and then they made the move from Ethereum to Polygon, um, which then removed all of the gas fees and the transaction fees and really facilitated a more scalable gaming experience. From that point forward. Um, I watched a very similar pattern that I saw in Top Shot, which is first when I got into Top Shot, packs would be around for days or weeks. Same thing with horses when they did a horse drop. And then all of a sudden I saw horse drops go from a week to 48 hours to 24 hours to 12 hours. And these were like how fast then, then to three hours. And then from that point forward, there was never another sellout again um, right. within minutes. So, you know, the tr- you saw the trend happen. I jumped in early. Once I found that, um, you know, my investment strategy with this whole space as a venture investor has been to take broad coverage, you know, to because to, to, you, you don't really know which of the winners yet. It's a very early game, but you can see what are the best teams, which ones are getting the adoption, which have big visions beyond what it is today. And, you know, they they met all that criteria and then some. And um and yeah, and then I started to buy up, and then I started to, to, to build a strategy of what kind of horses I wanted to acquire. I got involved in a – bu- I built up a personal stable. I built up a couple shared stables. Um, and you know we ended up buying Millions, which is the third horse ever minted. That was the 21 ETH horse. I split that with wow. Alex Taub. Um, that's the third horse ever minted in the game. He's a Z1 um, you know, 22% win rate, beautiful horse in the game. And, you know, for me, that horse is just like, you put that one in the museum. I don't even need to race it anymore. I'll just put that one away somewhere um, because it's such an OG horse. It was the third horse ever minted. So, you know, these are, you know, so we started buying up low mint horse, some good race horses, unraced, and then we started racing some. And, you know, I've just kind of built up a strategy and really put together a nice, like, pretty much like what I call my sports team in the future, which is a 60, 60, 70 horse stable now.
0: And so much of this stuff that we're talking about, like even when you're talking about this and a 21 Ether mm-hmm. horse, yep. it still feels unattainable to a lot of maybe like average, you know, the retail oh, investors oh, yeah. out there, right? To get oh. that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. so much of even the our listeners here who are in the fractional space, it feels unattainable. And so we're like, well, why hasn't this stuff really hit the well, fractional markets? We have well, some.
1: This, what's cool is for Zed is that like, you can enter that game and have just an equal possibility to win by spending $50. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's like by getting a – by purchasing a horse that's bred or getting lucky with a Z9 or Z10 like I did with my Z9, I have a Z9 paid $200 for and that's probably one of my best performing horses legitimately, even better than my Z1s that I tens of thousands of dollars on. So anyone can enter the game really from $50 and above – and get a horse. And I'll tell you this it's like, I've been to Belmont, I've been to horse racing before. You know, you go in there, you bet on your horses, you root like hell for five minutes, and then you forget that horse's name ever existed. But when you have ownership and equity in a horse, and your horse wins a race and then it wins another, and you're like, holy shit, I have an asset on my hands now, a real valuable right. asset, and I gotta like focus on it and figure out what distance is it best at and determine how do I wanna breed it it's, it's a completely different experience. And there's only so few people that know the experience of horse ownership in the horse racing world. Whereas now we get to feel that experience for the first time. And that's why I think it's such a powerful concept.
0: You got me hooked. I've been kind of staying away because I thought it it was so unattainable. I, Um, uh, I got to get my first horse here. I gotta, I gotta get involved in some drops.
1: Definitely, it's 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 honestly, it's it's fantastic, and the and the good thing is, there's only a couple more drops left, and then Genesis horses will be sold out forever. You'll be able to buy them on the secondary market, but you'll never be able to get them on a drop again. I imagine we may have one or two more drops left.
0: Wow! Mm-hmm. So when it comes though, now back to alternative assets, this stuff like for most people, I feel like we understand the trend that this will continue to rise right sure top shot might be down now play the Ooh. long-term game collectibles Ooh. things are going digital right the, the long-term thesis is pretty easy to understand sure so why haven't we really seen this stuff hit the fractional marketplaces
1: well I, I think we're going to that's for one thing so what's really cool is um, I'm actually working with the Otis team and we are going to actually fractionalize a cryptopunk which is really exciting I um, was one of the people that Participated in. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Pranksy, but Pranksy is a big NFT collector, and he did this thing where he purchased 150 of the the first 1,000 CryptoPunks that were ever made. They were called death punks because the developers held them for themselves and never sold them because they thought wow. these would become very valuable and over time. Because these are really like some of the earliest NFTs ever minted on the blockchain. So these and this was the first real like generative um, project that really took hold. So, you know, he got the first – he purchased 150, sold like drawing tickets – I bought one for I think it was four ETH. It was about seven k at the time. The tickets were going up to about seventeen ETH, but I kept mine, and I ended up getting a you know number I think five hundred and forty three or something to that nature of the uh, um, um CryptoPunk. And uh, you know we thought it'd be really cool to to really start to like to to open this up to the market, let people have a share of not only CryptoPunk but one of the DevPunks, one of the first one thousand CryptoPunks ever minted. Um, so we're going to be fractionalizing this and and, and releasing it on OTA soon
0: wow and so breaking news here on grail's podcast that we got a crypto punk coming to otis and any of us can partake now in you know what is one of the most valuable alternative assets and, and crypto punks has been going off the rails right now in a good way going off the rails so you have gary v who saw he bought one this like a week ago or something for what is something like three million and then all of a sudden 000. someone came over at the top and bought a similar looking one for five million, yep. and the market's so hot right now cryptopunks for people who eventually might want to invest with you yep. on otis why are cryptopunks valuable
1: i mean they are the og the og art of this digital of this whole nft revolution that's happening it's like the cave art you know like if you found art in a cave from the cavemen you'd feel you'd feel like you found something really valuable and you know, When we look back at this in 10, 20, 30 years from now, and we see how NFTs kind of transformed the internet, in my opinion, which is, I believe everything will be tokenized, um, everything digital will be tokenized eventually over time. Um, and CryptoPunks are the first ones, the first real class of, of Ethereum NFTs, uh, and, or and at least one of the most influential of all time. I, I think those are the ones that are going to really stand the test of time and whole, and become a store of value. Um, like fine, like fine art. So um, I, I I think that this is a, it's a really exciting time for the CryptoPunks community. Um, you know, the other cool part about this thing is like, you know, owning a piece of a CryptoPunk, you know, it, there is a, there's an element of community that comes with it. Like people that own fractional shares of a CryptoPunk, you know, they're 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 part of the being able to share it as your avatar and present it and all that kind of stuff because you do own a percentage of that. So I think it's really exciting. I think you're going to see people that are going to form communities just around the shared ownership of that one CryptoPunk. And I think like part of this whole thing is community. It's, it's a big foundation, this whole NFT movement. And I'm excited to see what it, what it looks like when we start to bring in people that may not be so crypto-native um, but be able to finally get some exposure to one of the most valuable assets in the space.
0: There was someone did, who from the team top shot who did it where they, uh, they chipped into a CryptoPunk and they had like a small portion, like a fraction of it as their avatar. Yeah. Is this uh, I feel like I kind of want to play copycat here and do like, you know, the tiny yeah. dot or something. If I can buy like 1% of this, but and I do the same saw,
1: thing. I saw another one that was like all 25 people, put the same avatar on to show that they were all shareholders in this one avatar. So there's a lot of ways people will do it, but like the fact is, is like, it's just a, it's, it's again, this is going to be like having, I said this recently, I think, I think it was in New Yorker magazine. It's pretty much like having a Harvard degree in the metaverse, because if you're in, if you're, if you have a crypto punk, you're going to get access to some of the most elite experiences because You know, if you're a company or a brand or a new project and you wanted to engage a certain audience, you're going to want to engage the people that own CryptoPunks because you know these are some of the most well-versed, you know, crypto collectors out there. So I I think it's 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 a pretty cool community to be a part of.
0: So I've been surprised why it's taken so long, and I'm glad you're doing it, for someone like you to even publicly say like, hey, I'm putting this asset here on Otis. I think it's a fun thing, like me having this conversation with you, you know, following on Twitter, going along, being like, I like I like Drew, I trust him, I want to invest alongside of Drew, and and be a part of this. Do you think this is a trend that we're going to keep seeing more of, where it's kind yeah, of this I mean, like, hey, rally behind for sure. alternative assets no, no, here?
1: No doubt. I think like you know, we've we've talked about you know Mike and I from you know from Otis, we've talked about things like you know, getting maybe some Fueochus artworks on there, or some top tiers that run horses, or some of the premier NBA Top Shot moments. I mean, there's just there's so much happening in the space right now, um, and a lot of the best works are really hard to obtain, um, and it just makes it more affordable to get investment into the the most you know the most revered um, and the most in demand. Uh, collectibles in this new asset class, and that's what this is. Like this is a new asset class, and it's not going anywhere. There might be some projects that fail and some that succeed, but the asset class of digital assets, and in a world where we are all, our kids are growing up, and you know, with their phones and their sk- and their video game skins, Roblox, yeah, it's yeah, Roblox, and it's inevitable that you know, having ownership in digital collectibles are going to be the wave of the future. You know. I, you know, my collectibles, I hardly have room for in my house. So like this, I have all on my phone. I could trade instantly. It's just, it's just an inevitable experience. It's like, are we going to go back from Uber to taxis like, you know, once you have Uber, you don't want to go back.
0: Right. I know you got to go here soon. So just one thing to end on to the the Twitter haters who are all, who don't like retained equity and that kind of thing, you know, and they say, well, this is just Drew's chance to cash out of, of his crypto punk and make some money there. You know, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Why is it worthwhile for you to put this on well, Otis? The um, the with other thing,
1: people? Well, The first thing is the only reason why I would even ever sell a CryptoPunk right now is because I'm able to retain a substantial ownership stake. So the only reason why I'm doing this is A, I think that it's, like, it, it's interesting to be one of the earliest people to securitize an NFT, which I think is fascinating to be a part of that journey. Um, the second thing is that I'm able to retain um, long-term upside, uh, which is why I would sell it to, which is why I would, um, even get involved in this because other than that, I'm a very I, I have another crypto pump, so I'm holding my other one. I'm not touching that. Right. I'm selling it. So if anyone thinks I'm just selling out, I'm holding my other one. And I'm not going anywhere. So I'm definitely uh, right. I definitely retain skin in the game.
0: Right. You're like I just bought a fifty thousand dollar digital horse, right? Like I'm not trying to sell out right now. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> and I and I wouldn't sell that horse for like it would have to take a high six figure, low seven figure offer to get rid of that that horse in my in, wow. from from our collection. The last thing I'll say is if, and for, for, you know, like I'm, you know, we have a venture capital syndicate called Redbeard Ventures. It's on AngelList. You know, you just go to redbeard.ventures and you will take you to the AngelList page. We invest in like ton of the companies behind these assets. So we've invested in Dapper Labs, the company that made MBA Top Shot, Zed Run, the company Super Rare, Genies, you know, we've, we've invested in a lot of the great platforms that I think you know, beyond even just the NFTs themselves, you know, I think there's opportunities also to invest in the infrastructure. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a pretty cool thing if, for, for, you know, for accredited investors to be able to get access to not only to really kind of diversify and say, hey, I'm going to invest in the company, I'm going to invest in the token, I'm going to invest in the NFT, etc. And that's kind of how we approach it as like ecosystem style investors.
0: And so I'll leave a link to that in the show notes here so people can go to that angel list page. Um, but just really quickly, how does that work? You need to be an accredited investor. Basically, yeah, I, I just give you the money and you decide no, you where that up. money I mean,
1: goes. No, no, You get to choose. It's free to sign up. It's free to back a deal. You back Redbeard Ventures. Then you see all the companies that I'm investing in. And then you can choose, you know, minimum investment is $1,000 for any company. And you can choose. You can invest 1000 bucks. You can invest. We've had people invest a million dollars. So it's like as low as 1000 as much as you want. And you get to pick which companies you invest in. So, you know, we have sports card companies. We have digital comp, We have robotics companies. Um, but about 75 to 80% of our deals are blockchain, NFTs, metaverse, that type of stuff.
0: And I would have, be able to invest in the new opportunities that you bring onto the platform. I can't go back, obviously, and be part of old deals, right? I'm just, basic questions here.
1: Yeah, there's some really exciting deals that we have live right now. Um, so there's a few of them. I can't mention the names on here, but you can go check them out. Um, but cool. they're really, I mean, some of the big name companies that you'd see in the, that you'll see in the, the, the metaverse and blockchain space that are raising right now. And then uh, going forward, every deal that we invest in, you'll have visibility and access to and decide if you want to invest in
0: For the lawyers in the back, a quick disclaimer. You understand that by listening to this podcast, you're not receiving financial advice. No content published here constitutes a recommendation that any particular security transaction or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. You alone are solely responsible for determining whether an investment security or strategy or any other product or service is appropriate or suitable for you based on your investment objectives and personal financial situation. Please speak with a financial advisor to understand if the risks inherent in trading are appropriate for
1: you trade at your own risk.